Thanks for listening. This is Momentum, the entrepreneurship podcast for photographers. I'm your host, Nate Grahek, portrait photographer and entrepreneur. Join me each week as I interview the most successful and inspiring photographers in our industry. We bring you innovative and proven business strategies you can use to shift the momentum in your own photography business, giving you the freedom to do more of what you love in business and in life. Welcome, everybody, to this awesome episode. I'm really excited. I met somebody really awesome when I was in Las Vegas this year for WPPI. And I just found every chance I got, I was telling stories. I think I even told this story about Nina in the last podcast episode. We have Nina here in the blood, uh, Nina Larson-Reed out of Colorado. Nina, welcome to today's show. Oh, thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, So today we're going to talk about some awesome things. Let's start from the basics. What really caught my attention and I was so impressed with right away, it's like oh my, within like minutes, you're like, we're quoting all the same books. Uh, we're like all these same strategies. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to have you on the podcast. Um, but because you have only been shooting professionally full time for four years, yep. this is your first year shooting weddings. Yep. And in the recall, just, I just was like falling over laughing. Um, you had a goal of 10 weddings this year and it's yeah. it's only what's today's it's the middle of March and how many do you have booked for the year already I'm at 22 now <laughs> I think that's yeah. like the headline for today's episode so <laughs> um, you we're, today guys we're going to give some awesome kind of validation to some of the marketing tactics that we're always talking about on the podcast um, the the reasons to just double down and trust uh, experts that we're learning from. And we'll go through, I think, three basic um, topics. The first one is just the real importance of education, right? Of just of finding and investing in your business, finding people that resonate with you. And, and, and instead of reinventing the wheel is investing in both the education and of course, the execution. That can be a little, that's, that will be as theoretical as we get. And you know, I love to keep things very practical. Then we're going to talk about the importance of having a super hyper niche. And this is the part that I just love is Nina has this amazing niche in, in, in within the niche of wedding photography that I can't wait for her to share more about. And uh, really handy, she's got this awesome tactic of converting Instagram followers um, into real business um, by using, I think, just using Instagram smarter instead of trying to get fluffy numbers. Um, she's actually focused on real things like in, actually engaging with um, p- engaged couples <laughs> that yep. want to hire her to uh, to book a wet to, to, to shoot their wedding. Crazy so, idea, right? <laughs> um, so awesome. So Nina, um, give us a little bit more background. Again, I just I'm going to be going a mile a minute because I'm so excited. Um, give us some background on how you became a photographer. You already kind of understood the val- the benefit of a niche. Um, so let's just start with a niche one. Let's go a little out of order. Let's start, um, with your experience and how you, you became a pro first. 
So I, um, I've been doing photos, you know, just for fun, for friends and all of that, um, for as long as I can remember. But, uh, I moved from color, from Norway to Colorado in 2010 and, um, found myself with my, um, degree from Norway, not actually converting to the U.S. Uh, so I kind of had to start over again and, uh, kept having friends ask me to take their photos. Um, so it kind of seemed like a natural thing where I didn't really need a full on, university degree or anything. Um, and so I actually started out in um, probably the most niche market anyone's had on this podcast of aerial dance photography. Um, so uh, I used to train in these things and actually teach fitness classes and everything myself. And so I started photographing dance shows and performances and studio portraits for people and all of that stuff. And um yeah, spent the first six years of my career doing that. Um, about two years in, it turned into my full-time job. Um, and it was pretty awesome because I've gotten to, you know, travel the world. I've done um, photo shoots for aerialists in um, Norway and Iceland and Sweden. Uh, I was paid to photograph a world competition in Prague, of all places. Um, wow. So it, w- it was really cool. But, um, you know, I love living here in Colorado, and I wasn't really booking much work when I was at home. And I realize everyone thinks they want to travel all the time, but you say that until you have to have your entire income depend on traveling all the time. Um, so I wanted to switch over to something more local that I could actually do here at home. And, you know, weddings had always been something in the back of my mind, but, um, I decided pretty impulsively to just go for it and, you know, see what would happen. Cause you always hear about there being a lot of money in the wedding industry. Um, and while you also hear about there being, you know, a very overly saturated market and hard to make it in, um, I tend to have a lot of confidence in my ability to make it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just decided to go for it. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people have different steps. Like some people like to go like uh, incremental, like slowly build the momentum and then and then take and then like. Yeah, once there's me. <laughs> a, like a firm landing part, like once they step, take another step and that next step is firm, then they'll go to the next one. Um, I'm the same way. I love just leaping. I'm like, oh, let's just jump. We'll figure this out as we go. Yep. Um, and what's the, what's the real, what's the worst that could happen, right? And exactly. I, that way I'll learn fast and I, I'll know if we're in the right spot quicker uh, instead of having to backtrack so far. So what's so cool is how quickly you were able to create success and in, in, in what I would consider pretty sick, really quick, gaining amazing momentum in your business so fast yep. while switching into a different niche. And I think before we move on to the next stuff, it's just, uh, I, I'm guessing that a lot of that confidence, some of it came from just the benefits of your first niche. Like oh, wh- yeah. what were some of those you knew you were just the go-to photographer for aerial dance. Like what, what were some of the other business benefits that came from having that hyper niche? Uh, I mean, it really helped that, um, in the aerial dance world. So I, I was a pole fitness instructor and I also organized some shows, um, was active with the local studio community. And, uh, as soon as I started offering photos, everyone already knew me personally, either via my Instagram or, you know, taking my classes, training together and all of that. Um, which means that, it was a pretty easy transition for from them from, you know, trusting me to spot them hanging upside down from their toes to paying me money to photograph them. So, um, so, so that having that personal connection and being a somebody in that community definitely helped, um, just build authority for my business right away. Um, and then I also spent, you know, spent years, 
building myself up via Instagram to the point where even if I was based in Colorado, photo- you know, um, aerialists in places like Norway, which obviously I have a connection to being from there, um, also knew me and trusted me to do a good job. And to the point where they would, you know, hire me to come out all the way from Colorado to Norway to f- take their photos. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think one of the things I've been talking about lately is the decision to hire a photographer yeah. um, is a really big decision, right? It doesn't matter what what niche you're in, whether it's weddings. I think that's a big one. Yeah. We, we hear that every year there's there's local news stories about wedding photographers that ruin the day by not showing up or yeah. not getting the right shots or losing all of the images. So as those things happen, it makes our job as marketers and photographers that much harder, right? We've got to overcome that trust barrier. Yeah. And the way you do it is, is by showing up and just being there. Like being that's, that's one of our big tips we're going to talk about in a little while. But um, so by having the niche in, in short, um, I think that what, what, what I'm really thinking, what I'm so excited here is we say all of this stuff, like you've got to show up, you've got to find a thing that you're already passionate about mm-hmm. and then go participate and go give to that, that hyper, the smaller the community, the better, and just be seen as a generous part of that community, being somebody who is trustworthy. Yep. Um, I think what slows people down is they go, oh, gosh, that sounds like so much work. But the cool st- part of this story is it actually didn't take you very long. Like you, no. you went on and did, but you have these instant, these usually people I think think, well, that's going to take me years. You've done this in one, less than a year and it's already starting to pay off as you made the leap yep. into a brand new niche that, that one, I would argue, is the the most saturated uh, photography niche to jump into as uh, to, to start going full time into? Yeah. So a huge congratulations! So in making that leap, you didn't start from zero. You kind of followed in footsteps of, of other really good photographers. Yes. What were some of? How did you find that? And what was your? What's your advice for people getting started that way? Well, so I um, I've always been a huge fan of podcasts um, because I do a lot of driving and hiking by myself and all of that. Um, so when I decided I wanted to do weddings, one of the first podcasts I came across was uh, Six Figure Photography by Ben Hartley. And um, I just binge listened to every episode that was already out and um, started looking for like, you know, what what else could I learn from this guy? Because um, anyone who's listened to Ben knows he is a very enthusiastic le- um, educator, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> putting it mildly. He's, so <laughs> <laughs> He's such an authentic dude. He, he gives so much. I don't know anybody that gives so much of what works in his business away to people. It's just amazing. Exactly. And I mean, it's, you know, I think it's really important when you're looking for someone to learn from that you connect with their personal way of teaching. And for me being an, you know, extroverted, high energy type of person, um, the six figure photography program really fit. And of course, with the name itself, right? Like who doesn't want to make six figures? Um, So yeah, I ended up um, uh, taking one of his paid trainings online, which um, at the time, I had not even shot an engagement session yet. Like I was, you know, purely in the planning stages of I want to do this. Um, so dropping over 500 bucks on a training program seemed very um, scary at the time. Um, but, you know, money back guarantee and all that. And I figured I had nothing to lose um, other than some time in actually following the program. Um, but I sat down and, you know, I know 
for myself, it's easy to watch a training video and be told to do all of these exercises and just think of like, yeah, well, I'll do that later. And I realized I could not do that with this training. So I sat down and I printed out worksheets and I completed, you know, ideal client exercises on all of these things as the videos talked me through it. And I think that makes such a huge difference in how much you get out of any type of training. Um, and the same thing I did, um, this thing called Brand Camp uh, with Kristen Kelp that was also um, focused on writing web copy that makes you sound like a human being and not, you know, just like yeah. every other photographer out there. Um, yep. And did a lot of like practical exercises with this. And um, I think one of the best things I did was before I even started shooting, I really got nailed down on my ideal client and who I wanted to work with. And also just finding my, you know, my why, my reason for why I was even switching to weddings. And of course, you know, the temptation of making more money is always there. <laughs> but yeah. really, I was so tired of shooting inside a dark studio all day. Um, and I really wanted to get outside and spend more time in nature. Um, which means that connecting to my audience of hiker enthusiasts and outdoor lovers turned it was much easier than I thought it would be because I was doing it for the same reasons as them. You know, it's not that yeah. I want to work with outdoor lovers because they're willing to go to places where I'll take pretty photos. It's I want to work with outdoor lovers because we have things in common and we connect and we have a great time together and we can laugh when we step ourselves into some, you know, muddy trail or whatever it is. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so cool. So there's a couple of things I want to pull apart before we move on to more stuff about hyper niche yep. or hyper niche or whatever, however people want to say it. Don't ask um, the Norwegian how to pronounce things. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I love it. Um, is, is it, it, what would you, what advice would you give? Um, I love that you shared that. I, I was actually excited to hear you say you were actually afraid at one part of this journey. I didn't know I would get that out of you. <laughs> <laughs> afraid to invest. Yeah. Because um, sometimes investing in in training early um, or in, in software or whatever it is, you're in tools and gear, um, that, that initial investment is one of the scarier parts. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first one. But then what advice would you have for the follow through? Because yes, you do get like the roadmap yeah. so you can trust you find somebody that like step one is find somebody that you resonate with their style. Step two, make the leap and invest. And all of that is for not if you don't execute and implement. What was what, what do you think is key to you taking that stuff and, and working it into your business? So um, anytime someone gives you an actual exercise to do, don't keep reading or listening or you know watching on until you've actually done that exercise. I think that's so easily skipped because you know, especially listening to podcasts if you're driving or any of that. It, at least you know talk to Siri on your phone and give a mental note that you're doing that when you get home. Um, but I'm a huge fan of turning, no matter how big of a concept, turning it into tiny actionable steps. Um, so I use a very in-depth to-do list planner system that lets me break things down by project. Um, so for instance, you know, working on my website and learning about things to do there, I wouldn't just write, you know, to-do list item, make a to like write an about me page. Um, I would get down into the details of like, you know, figure out how to, um, 
make myself seem human on my about page, pick out photos that in, you know, show the same brand I want to put forward and like micro step it out like that. Um, because it's so much easier to then check something off your list and move on to the next thing than if it's just one massive project of, I have to build a website. Um, right. Totally. So, so that's Breaking, such good advice. I love that. I think what it fits well with my other tactic I like to teach about is, is like, you have to wear all of the hats in your business. But one of the things to think about is the two biggest switches is you have like planner mode, which is like I call a CEO brain that's creating to do's for your doer brain and for your doer person. Right. And if you're, you're creating to do's, if your CEO is creating big vague to do's, you sit down to get stuff done. And it's like having a, a manager that's not really setting you up to win. Exactly. Right? You want like, okay, what exactly do I need? And then all of a sudden you start wasting all this energy going like, well, I have to research more. I have to do this more da, da, da. instead of just sitting down, when it's execute mode, say, I'm not, I don't need to research. I don't need to do this anymore. I know what I need to do. It's all right here. I'm just going to knock this out into like, if it's, I think anytime you have a to-do on your to-do list, that's more than two to three hours long. That's like too big of a to-do, right? Absolutely. Um, so, cool. so yeah, I think breaking it down. Getting, like, I knew we were going to get all of these bonus tips. You're, <laughs> just, you're just so full of No, it's all good. Um, and I think the, um, the other big one is to do one training program at a time. Um, you know, there's so much free training content out there these days, whether it's, you know, sign up for this newsletter and get one PDF of something that is probably very vague in general. Um, you know, like that there's all of these small pieces, but committing to a bigger program and actually following it through to the end instead of getting distracted and fluttering back and forth between 10 different things. Um, you know, I, I think for consistency's sake, it makes so much more sense. And, um, you know, there are photographers teaching everything you could possibly want to know online, uh, whether it's how to edit or workflow or, um, you know, how to email people properly, because that's a thing a lot of people don't seem to know. <laughs> but, but you know, like, <laughs> yep. whatever the topic is, find someone who teaches that exactly, and then follow through on the program. That's such good advice. I think we all I, I'm victim of that, too. I call it shiny object syndrome. I think that the re, it's almost like any any new business idea, any new soft, any new quick thing. It's like having a crush on somebody. Yep. Um, because every, every marketing for anything is always going to be like from blank to blank. Like uh, it's going to turn this thing you care about into this thing you care about. And it seems like it's no work, yeah. right? And it's, and it's kind of like having a crush on somebody. When you cross the room, they look amazing because it's mostly your imagination. It has very little to do with the person across the room. But when you get closer, when you get to know somebody, anybody, we all have our little things, our quirks, right? Same thing with any new business strategy, education, software, tool, whatever, right? Once you get into the weeds, there's work. You're not going to ever get the results of anything until you actually finish and get the work done. Um, really, really good advice. So cool. Okay. So now let's let's move into, <clears throat> um, if you could share just a little bit more about how you chose your this new niche like your new why is about spending time in nature and how would you define when somebody asks you what you do how do you answer that question um i have a hard time answering that question <laughs> but um I, I like to say that i photograph outdoor lovers in nature um you know and um 
specifically the type of people who would rather go hiking after work than sit immediately down in front of Netflix, even if I'm guilty of that every now and then, um, you know, and people who choose to make outdoor experiences a real part of their wedding day instead of just purely picking, you know, hey, we got to get some Instagrammable photos. So, so I guess we need to go on a mountain somewhere, um, you know, right. um, so that that real connection. So I want to I just want to give some some juxtaposition yeah. really quick. So when you are just randomly meeting people, like that's enough, right? If they're not engaged couple, you're not going to go much deeper than that. You're at a networking event. You're like, hey, this is what I do. Instead of saying you're a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. you give them, you say, I take pictures of lovers in nature. Outdoor like, lovers. Whoops, I, I, I knew there's more. So, okay. It's all good. So, so um, the takeaway here, guys, is even when you're just meeting random people, like people that want to refer you um, to their friends or to whatever it might be. If you are something generic like photographer or wedding photographer, they don't, they know a lot of, they might know a lot of people that are engaged, right? But they are not going to refer you on just that one thing. But when you give them one layer or a couple layers deeper about what it is you specialize in, then all of a sudden there's like this burning connection, and I'm sure you probably have an example of this where somebody goes, oh, my God, you got to talk to so-and-so. They are such amazing outdoor like fanatics. They were looking for somebody and they can't find them. You've got to talk to so-and-so because you give them that one more thing where you're actually going to file away in somebody's brain as like something, somebody that, that they can hang on to and remember um, because they want to pass that yeah, on. Yeah, I actually have a perfect example for that, but let's save it for the Instagram portion because it will fit right in there. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love it. Another um, open loop. Okay, but yeah, cool. so you were, you were asking <laughs> of how I chose this uh, this market and I really don't think I even chose it. Um, I am not a like pink and sparkly glitter type of person myself. Um, and you know, there's obviously nothing wrong with those types of weddings, um, but I'm not the best photographer for those types of brides. And um, I was just talking to a photographer friend about this last weekend of how we keep talking about, you know, finding our ideal clients. But I think we think it's just as much about making yourself be the ideal photographer for your clients um, or finding out who you are the ideal photographer for. Um, And for me, that outdoor market came pretty naturally because, you know, you see in photography groups, uh, at least here in Colorado, you will see photographers who are like, hey, I have clients that are requesting epic mountain views, but I'm out of shape and can't hike more than half a mile. Help me find a location. Um, versus me who are like, well, six mile hike up. Awesome. Like, let's let's start at 3 a.m. and with headlamps so that we can get there for sunrise, you know. Um, so, um so yeah, I mean, it, it, the market came really naturally. Uh, I knew that if I was going to set myself up as a wedding photographer, I want this to be long-term and something that I will still enjoy doing 10 years from now. Um, and if I'm not working with the right type of people, then, you know, where's the fun in it? Totally. And I just, it doesn't work. Yeah. I hear so many stories of people complaining about not being able to like charge yeah. more or not being able to like do that, th- like work with people they enjoy. Yeah. Um, it's because that there's such a disconnect. If you don't, if you don't respect the people that you're working with, you're just you're making your whole business hard, right? You're, they're not, you're going to convert less. People aren't going to book with you as often. You're not going to enjoy your your day. Like you, wedding photography, it's hard to 
to be profitable because it's such a time commitment. You may as well, all of these other things we're talking about, the, the only true way you're going to earn the permission and build the trust to be the go-to photographer in your niche is by doing these things after hours, showing up and giving and being generous. Um, none of that's going to happen if you're not in a niche that you enjoy. No, and you're, you're going to have happier clients if they like you as a person. You know, like when you hear about people who get horrible reviews after their wedding and seem so surprised by it, you have to wonder, like, how well did you connect with these people before they signed the contract? Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I feel like I've been able to avoid a lot of that those problems. And, you know, I hate the word bridezillas, but that type of thing, because um, anyone who books me knows they actually really want me specifically and not just someone who takes outdoor photos. Um, and I think that's really the probably the number one benefit of having a strong brand beyond, you know, booking more and making more money is that um, people want to book you not just someone in that price range they're looking for, you know? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like they've been following your work for a while. Um, so we want to get, let's get a little bit more tactical. And so I think what, what I remember about having drinks with you in, in Vegas is we were walking, talking through this concept with another photographer um, who was really into um, beer and local breweries, yes. right? And I think it was such a good analogy where like finding a thing that you're already interested in and passionate and would, would, would be excited to go there with your camera and just be de generous, right? Take going to meetups, going to things like, give me an example of what advice would you give to other photographers on what finding the niche? And then what, where do they show up once they found the, how do they find other people like that? Um, so, I mean, for me, um, obviously with hiking is that's my main thing. Um, even before I started shooting weddings, I was very active in a couple of Facebook groups, one of them being this community called Women Who Hike. Um, so when I decided I was going to start shooting weddings, I just made sure that, you know, anytime I met up on a hiking meetup type thing, I would bring my camera and take lots of photos. And of course, send the free photos to everyone who was on the hike after. And, um, you know, just tell them of, you know, here are photos from the thing. I really appreciate it if you tag my business page on Instagram. Um, but leave it at that. You know, it's not salesy. It's not, do you know someone who needs a photographer? It's just, we had a good time hiking today. Here are free photos of it. If you happen to tag me, that's great. Um, and so what we were, what I was suggesting to um, Bernadette in Vegas um, with the breweries was that if she enjoys hanging out at breweries, you know, see if there's such a thing as the local Facebook group or anything like that um, for brewery meetups, be the person who shows up and take lots of photos, share them with the brewery after, share them with the attendees, and don't be afraid to ask for that tag in return. Um, so yeah, I mean, f whatever the activity is, I'm sure there are you know, I'm having a hard time thinking about activities outside of my own market right now, but <laughs> <laughs> that's so perfect. I love, no, that's fantastic. One I'll add, depending on what city you're in, uh, try meetup.com. Yes. There's, there's a lot of meetups. It's small groups. And I don't, you don't, I don't think you need to look for things with giant turnout. Sometimes the more intimate ones are the ones where it's easier to be, to stick out and oh, be absolutely. memorable. And that's what you're and, and be generous. Yeah. Okay. So much fun. Um, let's do one more. Um, I think I want to wrap up with sh just show up where your target market is and provide value long before this. This I think the big thing is your your website is not just going to automatically turn traffic into clients, right? 
a lot of times you need to start attracting people in your community long before you start asking for the business. Okay. Now let's do the um, Instagram. Yes. You've seen some trends. You've seen things people are doing that are that, that I think are not really they're just fluff metrics, what I would call them. Um, what, what are some of the trends you're seeing, and then what are you doing that you think is working? I better? mean, I um, I highly recommend that anyone listening to this who is still in an Instagram pod or mafia just stop that behavior right now because <laughs> uh, I I feel like Instagram is getting smart enough to recognize that if you get 50 comments on a post within the first half an hour it's posted and all of those commenters came via the same Facebook link, you are clearly in a group or something trying to fish for comments, right? And um, whether that actually affects your engagement or not, I cannot say for sure. But would you rather have a thousand dedicated people who genuinely like what you're posting or 10,000 photographers who are all hoping for a follow back? Um, You know, so I I think fine... And it, I think it that's not. It reminds me of like trying to hack Google, like Google SEO. Like anytime there's a hack, it might work yep. temporarily, but very soon it's going to yep. stop working. And I think those kind of you, you're you're tricking yourself. Like you, if you, you have a much smaller follower group, but it's all authentic. When you get interaction engagement, you're like, oh, I, I want to engage with this person instead of having that thing in the back of your mind going, well. I don't, this is, this might just be a photographer. This might be so-and-so I'm not going to have a conversation. I'm not going to be as quick to reply or to engage with all of these random people that I don't know. And then the actual potential clients get lost in the noise. No, exactly. Um, so, so, I mean, I think, um, you know, instead of spending that time leaving spammy comments on other people, like other photographers pages for them to hope, you know, for you to hope them follow you back, look at, local geotags for your town, see what people are posting on there, leave a genuine comment, you know, um, I, so let's stop there. What, what yes. The so location tags, um, you know, so for me, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so I almost daily will go through all of the posts that are tagged in Boulder, Colorado and see, and that means that I see a lot of photos of, you know, couples hiking together or couples at a brewery or any of those type of things. And it's such a great time to then check out that profile, leave a comment on, you know, oh my gosh, your dog is so adorable because who doesn't like getting their dog complimented? <laughs> you know, like, but, but like <laughs> yes. ma- make it real, right? Because um, people can tell yeah. so fast, like if you're one of the people leaving a f- comment, like cool photo and that's it, you're not going to start a conversation with that. And um, I think the best part of Instagram is the actual people on there. Um, so I was mentioning I had a story about that earlier. And so I had um, I had a couple of girls that I had been following and we had been interacting a little bit, but um, one of them was already married. So, you know, I knew she wasn't like potential client or anything. Um, but, you know, we kept commenting on each other's hiking photos. And then um, on a Sunday evening, I saw her post to her Instagram stories that she was throwing a, a surprise engagement party for a friend of hers. So I obviously started following her friend right away. And the next morning, I got a message from the newly engaged friend of, oh my gosh, I can't believe you started following me. We were talking about you at my engagement party yesterday. We have to book you for our engagement photos. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is so awesome. What a great story. Yep. That is so cool. Where just showing up, being genuine. People people know how to refer you when they when you have um, like something meet like yeah. worth referring, something specific. 
Um, so the other, so it's better to have less followers that are actual potential yes. like clients and people that are into your niche than it is to have what I would just call fake followers. Um, and in doing that, instead of using some of the, the, the there's hashtags that like a bunch of yes. photographers use to just use hashtags that you know your target market uses. What are yeah, examples of Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the photographers that hashtags, uh, a lot of the hashtags that photographers use are, um, you know, things where you use the hashtag with the hope of having some big account share your photo. And having your photo shared on one of those, it can be great for getting a lot of followers, but it's genuinely, generally going to be other photographers. Um, so, you know, whether it's the big wedding magazines or any of that stuff, um, or, you know, there's so many of these pop-up accounts where someone just decides to start reposting other people's photos and suddenly they have a hundred thousand followers. Um, but instead using hashtags that are more related to, um, you know, the area you live in and the activities you do. So for me, um, I'll always use Boulder, Colorado, um, things like Colorado life or Colorado hiking, Colorado activities, um, you know, thinking about what are thing, what are hashtags that people might look at, whether they're in a wedding planning stage or not. Um, and obviously, you know, Colorado Ooh, wedding yeah. photographer, Boulder wedding photographer, all of those things as well. But, um, Keep it focused on your area. The chances of someone finding you on just hashtag wedding photographer and booking you for a wedding across the world is so slim anyway that you're better off spending your time on the local um, tagging. Right, right, right. That makes so much sense. I love it. Um, this has been so much fun. I want to wrap up with one more advanced tip. Um I know we've talked about blogging in the past and I, I'll, I'll give the caveat that if you guys are new or you're um, busy with all, you've got a lot of things on your plate already that, that I think there's a lot of other um, network, a lot of the tips we've already talked about today, um, networking with other people in the, in your um, other vendors in your area, um, email marketing, building sticky albums. There's a lot of other things, right? But if there's still value in having a blog and, what Nina's done is she likes to blog about the vendors, the place she did the wedding. Tell us a story about how you figured this um, out. And yes, I don't know how exactly I figured it out other than, um, you know, when I was when I first had a couple of weddings to start blogging, which was um, really after second shooting a lot last year, um, I really started reading up on SEO and trying to figure out how to make the most out of all of these photos instead of just, you know, having the blog be a place where things go to die. Um, <laughs> so I decided that, you know, people don't, really search things like, I don't know, moody fall color wedding, right? But people will definitely search Devil's Thumb Ranch wedding or what, you know, the names of the wedding venues. Or um, for me, because I also shoot a lot of elopements, things like Rocky Mountain National Park winter elopement. Um, and so I started blogging all of my weddings and sessions in that way. Um, with engagement sessions, it's harder because there's not as much of a direct location. Um, but still really using these photos to show up in search results for the things I want to shoot more of. Um, even as a second shooter, I think it's such a great tactic. Yeah, to get, absolutely. To get the ball uh, and I mean, the blog posts themselves too. Like, of course, it's great if someone searches for the thing you blogged about exactly and they click through on your page. Um, like I had... There's one wedding venue here in Colorado, uh, Dunton Hot Springs, that is like a 
60 to $80,000 wedding venue. Um, it is like crazy expensive and fancy. And uh, my best friend got married there last year. Um, so I naturally took some photos when her wedding photographers were not around. And I blogged that post and I got an inquiry for that venue because of that blog post. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I think I think using the blogging as you know, if you're providing content for the search engines, like I think people overcomplicate SEO, but that's really all you're doing is answering questions people are putting into Google. Right. I think there's a couple of things. So just to clarify some of the tech that is, is the biggest one is just the blog title, right? You're putting the title of yes. the venue Yep. If you're, if you're, if it's about that yes. in the blog. Yeah. So, so I'm, title, my blog right? and website is on WordPress. And so I use the, uh, Yoast SEO plugin, which is definitely the one to use if you're on blog, uh, on WordPress. And it actually has this like red light, yellow light, green light system where it will tell you all of the little things you can do to get a full green score, which then makes your blog post rank higher. Um, so it also includes little things like, uh, having internal and external links, um, having alt tags on your photos, uh, making sure your blog post is always over 300 words of content, um, and just all of these little details that you probably wouldn't think about if you were blogging without using a plugin like that. That's smart. Um, and then finally, the reason why it's so cool to blog the venue, it's like you just said, you're just answering questions that they're going to Google to, to learn about. And we all know that on average, most couples once once they're engaged and they the, the one of the first things they have to the decisions they have to make in the whole planning stage is picking yep. the date and the venue so when, once they've got the venue picked then they're like okay what let's see how other people have done weddings at that venue which is a, such a smart way to, to, to optimize for those search terms, because then you start being there to, yep. uh, to answer those questions for them. Yeah. And, and then, of course, the so cool. blog posts I mean, themselves I, adding okay. up to where um, your entire website's, website ranks higher, the more blog posts you have that also rank. Um, so it's really hard to have a website show up for, say, Colorado wedding photographer, unless you have an active blog on there, because Google rewards like recently updated content. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes that's such, such good tips. I, I feel like we yeah. could talk for hours. <laughs> I say that like, it's so much fun. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. Uh, congratulations on all of your success. I can't wait to see where you go next year. Um, and be sure to check in. I, uh, we can, and as you, discover more marketing tips. I can't wait to hear them because I, I just, your commitment to lifelong learning is inspiring and, and your ability to implement it uh, and execute on these tips is really, really fun to watch. Yeah, no, so of course. Thank you for, for having me on. <laughs> Have a good rest of the day. Cheers.